Hi, I'm Holly Knoll, host of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. If you've always wanted to start a business and don't know where or how to start, you've come to the right place. After leaving an unfulfilling corporate career, I decided it was time to start a business of my own. Today, I'm a business coach and creator of The Consultant Code, where I help people start services-based businesses in 60 days or less. So grab your latte because you're about to be inspired, armed with knowledge, and given simple tools to start a business of your own from my interviews with Everyday Entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast, Episode 11. Hey friend, thank you so much for joining me here today on the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Holly Knoll. I'm a business coach and the creator of the online program, The Consultant Code, where I help women start services-based freelancing businesses in 60 days or less. Today on the show, I have one of my dearest friends, Petra Langer, here as a guest, and I'm so excited for you to meet her. But first, let me just introduce you to her. Um, Petra is a wife, a sister, an aunt, a home cook, and she's co-owner of Face West, which is a makeup studio in San Francisco. She's also the woman behind the food blog, Hostess in Ketosis. She lives in San Francisco with her husband, Hayward, and her adorable dog, Oliver, and she has a close extended family and an amazing circle of friends. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Hostess in Ketosis before Petra comes on. This is a food blog that's dedicated to keto-friendly recipes, perfect for socializing with friends and family. What it's not is it's not a transformational weight loss journey blog, but rather it's the story of a woman who believed that weight loss equaled hunger, deprivation, and isolation. That being on a diet meant you had to say no to life instead of yes. That attending a party or eating out was a pure feat of willpower. Petra unwinds these long-held beliefs and embraces the tenets of self-care, self-love, and self-acceptance on her blog. Who couldn't use a little more of that in their lives these days, right? Now, on to Petra's other passion, her business, Face West. Along with her sister, Pavla, Petra is also the co-owner of Face West, a makeup studio in San Francisco's Marina District. What Face West does is it, it really provides women of all ages a place to have their makeup and hair done by experienced artists outside the hectic sales-focused environment of department and beauty stores. Oh, what a relief. I've sat in those chairs before at Pace West, and it is a dream to have someone do your makeup and just chit chat. And before you know it, your makeup's done. Anyway, I, did, I digress. In addition to gorgeous makeup application and hairstyling, Face West also, also offers lash extensions, brow shaping and waxing makeup lessons, and a highly curated makeup and skincare boot, and is a highly curated makeup and skincare boutique. All right, I think I have given you a very warm introduction to my dear friend Petra. Again, I am so excited for you to meet her today. We are going to talk about how to take an idea and really put it into reality, maybe even before you think you're ready. So thanks again for tuning in, and let's get on with the interview. Petra, thank you so much for being here today. Welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. This is so fun. This is my first podcast. Really? Well, welcome. Yeah. And I will I'm try an to be make... a listener, but I've never uh, been on one. Oh, well, I take that as a compliment if you listened and still wanted to show up and yes. be here today. <laughs> well, I am here. Happy to be here. 
Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's just dive right in, jump, jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. And obviously you haven't been a business owner for your entire career. I would love to get into how you got to where you are today. Yeah, that's, um, that's a lot. Where do I start? So I think how I answered that question has changed a lot in the past couple of years. I think if you had asked me this sort of three or four years ago, I would have been you know, I'm a, I'm a corporate girl that worked in marketing and had sort of a traditional career path, um, which was great, but it wasn't bringing me a lot of joy. And I found myself like so many people dreading going to work. Um, I loved my coworkers. I just didn't really know if I loved what I did. Um, and so about four or five years ago, I decided to make a change. I took a little bit of time off um, from my corporate marketing life and ended up starting a small business with my sister in the beauty industry, which was always um, a passion of mine. Uh, Don't have any sort of professional background in makeup, but I just... I'd always joke that if I, you know, wasn't busy at my desk doing corporate marketing, I'd be doing makeup at Nordstrom. So uh, I got to sort of delve into more of my passion area. And I, our business is called Face West and we do makeup and blowouts and lash extensions. And funny enough, that's not why I'm here today, but that led me to why I'm here today. <laughs> so our business is been going for about three years and then COVID hit and we were forced to close by the city of San Francisco. Um, And as of the taping of this podcast, we're still closed. So it gave me some time uh, to explore other passions of mine. So um, now I can add blogger to my title. Woo! Yeah. Small business owner, dog, mom, wife, (laughs) and (laughs) blogger. Um, And so about a few months into shelter in place, I started playing around with um, eating it in ketosis, which I didn't know a ton about, but it's basically eliminating carbs so that you burn fat instead of sugars. And um, I naturally started cooking for my family and then um, for friends that I would see that we'd like meet at parks or the beach. And I'd, I was bringing sort of these creations that I was making and, and friends are like, you know, you should really do a blog so that you can share your recipes with people. So about six weeks ago, I just said, okay, screw it. I'm going to start a food blog. And so <laughs> I did. So now I am the, uh, woman behind the hostess in ketosis. Well, Welcome to the podcast, Hostess in Ketosis. <laughs> I wish I, I love that name right now. <laughs> oh my gosh! If I would have thought ahead, I I ought to have made one of your recipes and oh, like yeah. have tried it right here live, and oh, and then we'll everyone would have had to hear me too, and that's not fun either. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, after um, this, you can go make one. Honestly, I I hear this from a lot of entrepreneurs. I hear I I see this theme with a lot of entrepreneurs is. I think it's really easy for business owners to kind of not give themselves enough credit for the journey that they've had and the journey that you just described. And and I I feel like, (laughs) exactly. I feel like a lot of business owners just are like, yeah, then I did this and then I did this and then I did this. But Petra, I know because I, um, in one of your good friends that we are in the same friend group, I've seen, you know, a lot of what you've, and I've been inspired by a lot of what you've done you. as a business owner. It hasn't been that easy. And you've had to 
you've had many stops and starts and you've had many highs and lows. And so tell me about kind of the pivotal point, just kind of walking back to like your entry point into being a business owner. You were working in a corporate job and where did you kind of, what was that pivotal moment where you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this on my own. I believe in myself enough to go have a go at this. Like, how did that transpire? So I think for me, it's many layered and it'll hopefully some of this resonates with the people listening. Um, Well, backing up, I come from um, my family were entrepreneurs. So my parents started their own business and that's all I knew as a kid. I just had, I had parents that worked for themselves they worked together um, and started a chain of retail furniture stores in, in California. And so the irony is my dad kind of pushed my sisters and I to actually not be entrepreneurs. And he wanted us to get degrees and go to college and, you know, I have an MBA and he thought, because being an entrepreneur is really hard and it can be, but it's incredibly fulfilling. And so I think he wanted us to have that background and structure that he never had, which comes from corporate America. And I am very grateful for what I've learned, um, both through my education and work, because I don't know if I could have done what I did without it. That said, I found myself just kind of, I, I just was unhappy and unfulfilled. And it took a conversation with a very good friend. And I think this is where it comes from like either women supporting women or just your network. A a very good friend was like, what are you doing? Like, you're not married. Was I married at the time? No, I wasn't married. I don't have children. She's like, you can take a risk. If I could take a risk and I didn't have three children and this and that, do it. And I was like, I almost needed somebody to give me permission to take a risk because I would never have allowed myself to step off of track I was on that hamster wheel I the next the promotion I just made BP blah 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 so it took a good friend to sort of push me and then you know it took me a couple months longer to leave my job and then it was really I don't know if I could have done this alone um my sister and I I think it helps that we you know we grew up in the same household so we we had that sort of influence from our parents and then we sort of supported each other and I think this is a big thing for entrepreneurs and whether you find this through a family member, a business partner, a networking group, someone has to be there to help you through those low times. And so my sister and I, luckily we haven't really hit a low point at the same time. So it's like, if she's feeling, you know, badly or, oh God, this is so hard or we're never going to make it, I can lift her over and then vice versa. So it was really I don't know if I hit a point where I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this, but it was a slow sort of build of conversations and basically people in my life saying, do it, try it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I remember one time talking to you and you're like, yeah, you know, I think someday I might open a makeup studio and (laughs) like fast forward 18 months later and I was sitting in your chair getting ready for one of our good friends wedding and one of your artists was doing my makeup and I'm like holy crap she did it like this is like living proof of how like you had an idea and yeah sure it didn't happen overnight but you you went to school to learn professional makeup application you you got the education you needed to to actually you know, be knowledgeable in that side of the business. And then bit by bit, I watched you build your, your makeup business and to, to 
all of a sudden you were having an opening party. I was seeing your chair getting my makeup done, like boom. And then this thing happens called the world pandemic. And like, uh, to a services-based business, that's brick and mortar. It could be death, but I'm hoping it won't. <laughs> oh, I am sending. I am. I am pulling for you all the way here in Minnesota, and um, you know, I I know that you guys have it. What it takes to keep going. Yeah, and- I mean, I think some of it is accepting what's outside your your control, mm-hmm. and then doing what you can. And so, my sister and I, from the very beginning of COVID, have. Um, it's funny. Just when we thought we had a plan, the the virus pivoted on us, and the. Ex- shelter place was extended. So, you know, we couldn't plan too much, but we have all these contingencies and we are potentially going into new lines of business and we've, you know, moved our store and put it online and um, we did everything we could. I mean, some of the basics like preserving cash flow. I mean, the day we closed, I turned off the internet. I turned off garbage. I, it's just like we shut down the business and saved where we could. Um, and it seems like such small things, but it's important to preserve your cash and um, think about maybe three or four scenarios coming out of it and what you can do during it. And our, our future is unknown, but um, I've had a couple people tell me this and I take it as a really big compliment. Like if anyone can make it, we will. So I'm I'm hopeful. Yes. I, I figure our way. agree. You will. And that's, I think that's what does make how like sometimes people wonder like could entrepreneurship be for me and I think having that tenacity and having that belief in yourself and knowing like times are gonna get really hard sometimes and like you don't have like a company to fall back on you can't just decide to like coast one day and you're gonna get paid the same amount anyway like you have to be ready to carry the weight of your business on you at all times and with that comes like great high highs, but then there is the unexpected. And one of, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was going to kind of just shift gears and like, obviously during this COVID time and you had to shut down, you physically could not go to your, well, you couldn't see clients. You obviously didn't just rest on your laurels and be like, Hey, I'm just gonna, you know, watch Netflix all day. I'm not one to to chill. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, like obvious, and you're one of the most creative people I know as well. Yeah. And so you were literally cooking up another idea. <laughs> and it's tell so us, funny. tell us about the the food blog. Yeah. So I think that the story of Face West and the story of the hostess and ketosis they're they're so connected, um, even though they have nothing to do with each other. But you know, I was sitting. Uh, I think at Baker beach with a bunch of friends, we were doing like a socially distant um, birthday party and we were brainstorming and, and really what I, I love to do is it's not just entertaining. Cause I don't think that's the right thing. And we have a great group of friends that love getting together. So I get lots mm-hmm. of practice with this. I love sharing food with people. Um, I'm a good cook. I'm not a gourmet chef, but I grew up in a household of foodies and I love to, I I love to eat and I love to cook. And um, so I realized that it's not just that I was trying keto recipes, but that that's where the hostess and ketosis came from. It's like, there's so many keto blogs out there. You can find recipes for days. There weren't a lot of people talking about how to share um, keto with people. Mm -hmm. So um, 
how to bring food to a party that people might not even know is low carb. So that was really the angle. And, and my blog also talks about just being a hostess and how to throw parties. And I, I'm about to launch a page on hostess gifts because I think people never know what to bring to a party. Totally. Um, so long story short, I, I took, I had downtime and I took a passion and I actually used so much of what I learned starting Face West to have me turn around. I think I started my blog in three weeks, including like building the whole website. So things that I had no, when you work at a big company, this stuff's all taken care of for you. But when yep. you're on your own, like first thing I came up with a name, second I got the domain. And so it was mine before I did anything. I'm like, let's just make sure this even is doable because if this, if someone else has taken this, I don't want to go down this path, grab my social media handles. And then I started to think about like, what is my, what is the theme of my blog? What makes me different from other people? So it's, you know, going back to marketing, like what is my value proposition? So you're bringing in all your things I learned from Face West, I learned from business school, you know, learned from my marketing career. Um, I am lucky. I have a really good friend who's a photographer and you know this better than anyone, Holly, but content is king. And I booked a photo shoot with my friend and she came over and took a bunch of pictures of me cooking and outside. So I had content and then I built up my website using Squarespace because that's what I built Face West on. I actually didn't build my Face West website. We hired someone to, but in the process, I learned how to do it. So I did it myself. Yep. And before I knew it, I had a blog. I had a website and social media done. I had pictures. I had my story. And it was like, that's kind of all I did for three weeks. But, you know, for less than $500, I had a blog up and running. And so I couldn't have done it. I wouldn't have known how to do that before, but it came, you know, once you start one business, I think the rest comes a lot easier. You you feel like you could you spun this up relatively quickly because you'd gone through all the stumbling blocks that you needed to go through the first time with Face West on a it larger wasn't scale. So scary. Yeah. yeah. Question. I um just okay. So you have your name, your domain, your theme, photographer content, website. For less I know, than five hundred bucks. So easy, but no. it's it's. But that's a formula, and and yeah. I love, and that's what I would love for somebody to take away. Like, if you want to start a food blog or any type of blog and talk about something, those that's the framework that you need yeah. to get up and running. Like where your like IP is is in your idea and your writing, yes. and so how there's a lot of people I think who would love to start a blog out there and they're like, well, I like to write, but I'm not a good writer. I'm not a professional writer. What would you say to that person to get, to kind of get over that mindset or to move through that mindset? I, I'm not a professional writer. I like to write. Um, Mm -hmm. but I actually think that when people And I think blogs are a different format than a lot of other things. But I think when it comes to blogs, they're very personal. And Mm -hmm. I think that is what, if you look at the most successful bloggers out there and the people that, you know, have ended up, unbeknownst to them, all of a sudden they're superstars. Because I mean, granted, it does take work, but who they are and the image they present is most of the time very authentic and real. And so I think that if you write from the heart, yeah, you might need to pay a copywriter to edit your stuff. And you, we all know where our holes are, right? Um, or get a friend to read it, but it doesn't need to be perfect. And it no. needs to just be authentic. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I get to a lot of blogs and the writing is way too much. And it, 
I want to get to the content and you end up sifting through someone's story. So you don't have to, I don't write a ton on my blog. I like to tell my stories. People get to know who I am and where my recipes come from. But I understand that people are there for the recipe. And so not, don't put so much pressure on yourself because you don't have to write a novel. Right. And, and I think the theme I'm hearing from you is like, just get it out there. Like done is better than perfect. And just get something out there versus holding back and waiting for something to be just right. Yes. Because that that's just fear holding you back at the end of the day. And it, it I think help. Google says, right? Launch and iterate, launch and iterate. They launch never would have got to where they are. I mean, they no. put out products that were should have stayed in beta, but it, it gets you going. Yep. So yep. I definitely launched in beta. This was this, it was quick. And then I the week after I launched, I was still kind of editing and tweaking. I knew it wasn't perfect, but like you said, it I was afraid I'd never do it if I didn't mm-hmm. just go. Okay. So I love like people like, oh, you know, people might I always try to anticipate what readers might be or readers. I'm used to being a blogger too. <laughs> what <laughs> listeners might be thinking or questions that people might have is, you know, well, gosh, that sounds like a lot of work. Like, why did you do that? And what kind of like <laughs> it, it, you know, what kind of like what satisfaction or what kind of part of your creativity or your yourself, your personal self, is this like fulfilling for you? And and why why did you do it? I I did ask myself that a few times. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Why did I create another? Why am I doing this really? <laughs> so I think the thing that surprised me the most, and I I don't know if I would have believed myself if I had known this, but actually starting my food blog has helped my business. In a way, you know, after being closed four or five months, I started to kind of lose my mojo. So did my sister. We were like, you know, you get out of the habit of something. You get out of the habit of going to the store every day and seeing your clients. And I I felt unmotivated. And I didn't know when we were going to open. People, uh, well-intentioned friends would be like, hey, I have an idea for you. You should do this. You should do Zoom makeup lessons. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And we never did anything because I was... I had lost sort of that spark and I started working on my blog and it came back and it was shocking to me. My sister noticed it. She's like, Oh my God, you have all these ideas. I'm like, I swear. I started thinking about hostess and ketosis and then face West ideas came up. And so now that we are actually able to open in the month of, we have a plan to open in the month of October. I think I'm going to be, a better business owner now. Cause I, I, I started revving my engines, I think is the best way to put it. And so mm-hmm. I think my, what I can share with people listening or you might be surprised what revs your engine and sometimes going like left helps you actually stay on the, you know, go right eventually. Um, I, I know my sister and she admits it. She's like, I kind of thought it would be a waste of time. And it was, you know, the blog would take away from the work we really needed to do on our business. And she realized she's like, oh my God, it's like the best thing you did. Mm. I don't have a ton of time now because now that we're opening, I, I, you know, the food blog's going to have to take second. Um, but I still have time to work on it. We're not open every day. And really, I think for a food blog um, startup is the hardest and then maintaining it's a lot easier. So I have full intentions to do both. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you got to find what what gets you just kind of thinking that way again. 
how how Petra got her groove back. I'm just like, oh God, yes. I have that movie oh God, that in my movie. head. <laughs> Tay Diggs and Angela Bassett, I think. Really Yeah, I know. Gosh, I think that came out when I was still living at my parents. Um, but I think there is something to it. And I think the more, um, creative that you, if you're going from a place where you get to be really creative to having that kind of stripped away and taken away, like you did factors outside of your control, you were kind of left with like, well, what, what do I do with this like creative energy? And and it's not being manifested anywhere. And so this was a way for you to kind of still channel your art into the world yeah. and and channel it and and give you you're continuing to be generous with your creativity to give people it's this free funny content. That you keep calling me creative because you are. This is another thing <laughs> I would never have called myself a creative and I was like you know studied politics in college and thought I was going to go to law school and then I got my MBA and then I was in marketing but it wasn't till I started working the last job before I, I quit for Face West. I worked at a um, marketing agency and I worked closely with a creative team. And I remember our creative director said, you know, you're a creative at heart. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm an analytical MBA. Like, and he's like, no, <laughs> you're like a, a creative director in the making. And it's, I didn't totally believe him, but it's funny to hear you say, I, I think you can find your creativity I never thought I was creative. Sure, I like to like draw when I was a little kid or I think creativity can show up in a lot of different ways. And so I'm starting to embrace being a creative, even though I'm not your, I guess who even knows what a creative is. That's sort of- accidental creative. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's my book, people. <laughs> I'm just thinking of a blog, a blog, or a, a podcast title. There you go. The yes. Creative. But it did kind of, you know, evolve, you know, not super intentionally, but you just kind of uncovered this. And I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people that are in corporate careers, especially in more analytical roles, non, non-traditional creative roles. Right typically peg themselves as being non-creative and look where you got, you got to this point of where you were feeling unfulfilled and unhappy. You loved your coworkers. There were elements of your job you loved, but yet there was something still in you. And, and you weren't even calling yourself a creative at that time, but look, where just stepping outside of that type of environment. What doors and type of life that's opened up for you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. And so I think it's, um, I was going to say this, earlier and I know you're sort of reaching out and talking to people who are like budding entrepreneurs or people still in their corporate jobs that are trying to get a little more flexibility or freedom or autonomy um and while being an entrepreneur is really hard whether it's a freelancer an independent contractor owning your own business blogger whatever it's also so fulfilling and so I sometimes forget what those Sunday scaries used to feel like and how, I mean, just, I never, I stress, I worry about my business. I probably am thinking about it all the time, but I never have those moments where it's like, oh, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Hmm. I just, I I almost have forgotten it. And then I'll hear our friends talking about it and I'm like, oh, right. Or my husband will be like, oh, it's Sunday. Where'd the weekend go? And when you're working on something you love, 
that stuff kind of melts away and it's replaced mm-hmm. with other. I, I, it's not an easy path, but it is, a, it is fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's really fulfilling. You know, I mean, you're, 100%. you're. 100%. 100%. And, it's and a I journey. Think, yeah. And even just transitioning from like cor- being a corporate employee into my freelance work where I was still showing up at when I, when I was doing like more freelancing full time, I was still showing up at clients and I still felt more free than being oh, yeah. an employee. You're I still felt choice. I'm there by choice. I don't have to get in the politics. I don't care because I'm not getting promoted. I'm just there to do a good job and go home. Like that to me was fulfilling. And, and all the ickies that I had, all the icky stuff kind of that I had as an employee melted away because as a freelancer and just being a business owner, I knew I had other things happening and that I was working on, you know, with my coaching business and as just, I just didn't have to get involved the way I did as an employee. So yeah. I've, I've worked with a lot of independent contractors in my corporate life and there was always a little bit of a freedom there that, you know, we, there'd be some all hands meeting and we'd all be gossiping and this and (laughs) we'll come back to our cubes and and the contractor wouldn't have gone to the all hands because they weren't allowed. And they were like, that's cool. Oh, I'm home and yeah. I don't care about any of this stuff. <laughs> exactly. Because it's fun to listen to. And then I'm out. Yeah. Like, wow. That I never. It's so freeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. I've never experienced that part, but I saw it a lot from, I've worked for actually most of the companies I worked for relied on contractor, mm. um, like labor. So yeah. I've, I've worked with contractors so often and there is, um, I think if you can tap into something you like and that you do well, and that's sort of a specialty of yours, you pop in a company really values you. They need you yep. if they're hiring a contractor yep. and then you, and then you peace you out, at, yeah. you peace out either when it's not working out for you anymore, yeah. or you, you actually get to leave your work at home or at the office and go enjoy your life outside. There's less of an expectation, at least in the, in the clients that I like to work for, there's yeah. less of an expectation to work after, you know, typical work right. hours. And if you are working after typical work hours, they're very conscious okay. of that because you're charging by the hour. And so there were times where I was yeah. like, okay, you, you want me to stay late? Sure. Happy to. Oh, can't wait to get this paycheck. <laughs> so that is you know. exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. So a little bit on, um, I would love to know just, you know, you did something brand new. You showed up as a food blogger, you know, people know you as a, a makeup, makeup, <laughs> makeup, a makeup, a makeup creative. And now you're putting yourself out there as a food blogger. A lot of people might think like, oh, I have this inner idea. I have this amazing idea, but like, I feel like such an imposter and people are going to be like, who is she to be doing that? Who does she think she is? Um, oh, she doesn't know anything about food or keto. Like how, how did you just do it anyway? What would you say to somebody that's, that's where they're feeling so- held back? I think I go back to this platform of blogging. I think by nature, bloggers are are amateurs. And I don't mean this in a pejorative way. We are the everyday person that wants to sort of share our story, share what we do. I feel like it's very personal. It's like coming into someone's home or their studio. Um, I didn't start a business where I'm selling a product. I think the blog platform eased some of that imposter syndrome that I, and not that I 
I mean, I have an imposter syndrome when it comes to face West too. I think a lot of women and people in general suffer from, do I know what I'm doing? Am I legit? Sure. Should I be here? Mm-hmm. Um, but, and also I think I leaned on friends and family and we're often a lot harder on ourselves um, than anyone else. And so when I put this idea out, my friends were like, um, hello, we love when you bring stuff to parties. We love what you cook. Like we're psyched when you bring food. And I was like, oh, really? Cause I, I'm just messing around. And, and, and you start to get the feedback that maybe what you're doing is special and you may not see it that way, but that, you know, I went for a picnic with people and they're like, I'm sorry, the average person goes to Trader Joe's and grabs a bag of something. You come with like a spread and plates and napkins <laughs> and like. Try it's so true. <laughs> she, d- you guys, she does do this, by the way. Petra is not just saying this. I've been <laughs> on the receiving end of this amazingness. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm like, so I think finding what you do that maybe you're, is special about you that maybe you haven't given yourself credit for and that you're test your idea out with your, I, I sort of have named a few people like my test kitchen. Um, I have a, I have a um, text thread with some friends who were at the barbecue and we came up with the name Postosketosis and I, they're called my board of directors. And I think it's good to have your own board of directors and your own test kitchen yeah. and people you trust that will tell you if what you're doing, it isn't interesting or they don't think it'll work. Not to, not to demotivate you, but have a sounding board yes. because we get in our own head sometimes we like our ideas too much and sometimes we're real hard on ourselves um and it's good to have people that will help you sort of hone your message and there's a reason focus groups exist people you know getting feedback mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. if you have an idea that you think is crazy i mean you could start with just simply an instagram account yeah um or a tiktok account and assuming it's still in the U.S. by the time this uh, <laughs> podcast airs, um, and put out your content, whatever it may be, and see if it resonates with people. I don't know if you have to go all the way. I mean, sometimes I think the blog platform, it's changed in its importance. It used to just be getting people to your blog, and now it's getting people to follow you on Instagram so you can tell people about what's in about your the blog. blog. Yeah, and then um, the SEO and all, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, mm-hmm. so test it out. Don't do a full launch. Open up an Instagram account with what you want to do, what you want to talk about and throw it out there and see what happens because you might learn something. I didn't do that, but I could have. And I probably, you know, I had this window of time where I knew I had free time and I just did it all. But if you don't have that free time, start Mm -hmm. small. Launch and iterate. Launch and yeah, iterate. Launch and but iterate. Launch. Thank you. Launch yes, is launch. the important thing. Like launch something. And and I think that's out because then you have a basis of something to work yes. from and something to share with people and to get yes. the feedback. And and if if it just sits in your head or your heart, then it's only you're the only person that's ever gonna know. And might as I, well not have the idea at all. Right. Like, and I, I think that's anywhere. just doing a disservice to the world to be not sharing your gifts, right? Like who knows who's going to see yeah. that recipe and bring it to like the, one of the most important events of their lives. Right. You know, like that's, Make that's my such... zucchini hummus and it'll change your life. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your recipes. Uh, um, what are some of your favorite, what are the crowd pleasers? Um, I'm dying to try the macadamia nut hummus. Yeah, that's, so I'm actually 
going to make up a batch tonight. Um, so self-admittedly, and I think this is also, you put so much pressure on ourselves. I have a few unique recipes that are just mine. A lot of times, like a lot of people, I'm out there trying recipes all the time. I love researching. Um, I love digging deep into the internet and finding random recipes. And then I try them. And I, this is what I did long before my, my blog and I would just tweak them and then they sort of become mine. Cause so I, I credit a lot of people with my recipes. If I didn't make it up from scratch, I'll tell you where I found the original. And my value is I've tried it. I've served it. I've tweaked it. And you don't have to worry when you make it that you already know it's been sort of put. It's been vetted. Mm -hmm. So, um, one of a recipe I had found, I don't even know where I found it, to be honest. I found it like seven years ago was a hummus that was based on zucchini and macadamia nuts. And it's just evolved over time. And now it, it's just a go-to for me. And it is, it's not hummus, but it's the closest thing I found that doesn't have beans in it. And it is so yummy. And I have made it so many times. And every time I bring it somewhere, people are like, wait, what is this? What is this? I think I like this better than hummus. And I was like, wow, I've made it. So that's a, it's on my blog. Um, but the base is, is that creaminess comes from the zucchini and the macadamia nuts and there's tahini and olive oil and garlic and lemon juice, and some cumin, and you can add other things in it. A lot of my recipes have like, they're, you can really make them your own. So you can throw other things. So that's a, that's one where I don't feel like I'm on a diet. I don't feel like I'm suffering. I'm, it tastes as good as any other dip. It just happens to not have carbs, many carbs in it. And the other one, and that's sort of what I use because there's so many ways to eat keto, but for me, it's, I really still try to eat real, like whole food that isn't super processed and isn't just like ranch dressing and cheese and bacon and, and chicken in a crock That's pot. West diet. <laughs> I know, I know, I know that resonates with you. Um, but I found that you can make kind of a pan fried chicken, really any protein with pork rinds. So if you grind up pork rinds, you mix in some Parmesan cheese and you batter it up with, you know, an egg and gives the pork rinds something to stick to. It's like the best chicken nuggets and without using bread. So that's what, I mean, those are all over the place. And I try to get really detailed in my description. Cause I know it, cause when you're reading, you're not watching a video, you have to have cues. So I have photos, I have descriptions, but that's another yummy one that people should check out. Pork okay. rind crusted chicken. Pork rind crusted chicken and the hummus. Yeah, right. So um, I, I think they're my, my, my chicken Crispy, crunchy chicken nuggets is what I called them. Okay, crispy. Blog. That's a much, much cuter name. Yes, on the, I don't the, mention the pork rind part. <laughs> <laughs> on the hostessinketosis.com. Well, Petra, it's been so great to have you here. I just want to recap a few things that yeah, you said that I just okay. loved and for people to really take away after this podcast. So as as the listeners know, if people are regular listeners, I, I take notes throughout these podcasts because there's so many good things that are said and I always want to come back to them at the end. So, all right, launch and iterate. I think that's like a key theme. We brought that up a couple of times. Just get something out there and then you can tweak and change as you go. Yes. Um, 
how to separate yourself from the sea of many. So like you said, there's a food blog for everything out there and there's probably 10,000 for everything out there these days. But you came in with your own angle, your own spin and your own story that quite frankly, no one else can duplicate because that's your own personal experience. So I think that's amazing and and really important when people are thinking about starting businesses in saturated industries. Um, Yes. I love the framework that you have, you know, just kind of the quick and dirty, like if you want to launch a food blog, this is what you need. You need a name, a domain, social media handles, your theme, a photographer or a content uh, or content ideas for content and a website, you know, and that you could even pare this list down even farther if you wanted to get more scrappy. Um, Like you said er earlier, like just launch an Instagram account, forgo the website for the time and, um, you know, build that later. I think that's exactly another alternative. Um, Also like, you know, just having, you know, COVID coming and and having to shut down your primary source of income. And for anybody that's feeling like they are unhappy or like have lost something that they love to do in their lives because of this pandemic, um, for me, that's travel. And so um, that I think there's ways to get your group back, you know, and to rev your engines and, and look for those creative outlets that can you know, satisfy and scratch that itch, if you will. That's a terrible analogy, but satisfy that craving much more food food blogging, um, (laughs) (laughs) much more related to this theme. But I think, you know, that's what you did. And clearly like you're an example and your Petra or Pavla's noticed it, your sister that like, Hey, you seem much more like yourself again. It's, it is amazing. And I, I really, so yeah, if you can't travel, maybe it's all about like, I don't know, collecting travel books and looking at all the places you want to go when you can. Or if you can't, so for me, it was socializing. It was like so hard for me not to socialize during the really strict shelter in place. And so I started cooking and then making things I wanted to share with people. And then when I could see friends, it was, you know, so nice to granted we were doing it outdoors and at six feet and it, it looks different than it used to, but um, yeah, you, I think it's important to kind of just find what makes us happy during this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm, and just the creative ideas that are going to come out of this pandemic. I, I don't think the world has really realized it yet because we're still in it, but the businesses being born, the ideas that are oh, coming yeah. to life, like the creative ways of doing something to achieve a result in the non-traditional way. Like I just, I, I think this is the time Look at to working experiment. from home. No one mm-hmm. thought people could work from home on this scale. Yeah. And I think it's a nuanced argument and I don't think it's perfect for every role and every person, but there's a lot of productivity being Still had happening. right now from yeah. your, you know, at home office. And it, it was forced too, you know, we had to adapt, but there's been so much creativity around virtual work, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. And the world is still spinning on its axis, even with people not in the office. Exactly. <laughs> I exactly. would love to go tell every boss that has always insisted butts and me. seats. Oh, I would love to just be like, and you thought it couldn't be done. Well, look at us now. Yep. I know. <laughs> it's, uh, yes, I am with you. <laughs> well, on a last note, two questions. One, what, yes. on that note, what would you say to that woman that is working in her corporate job, unfulfilled, unhappy, kind of where were you, you were when you started to think about Face West, what would you tell her if she's listening to this podcast today? 
Um, I think it kind of depends where she is in the sort of in her journey. But I think if you're trying to vet an idea, I yes. would, which is what I did with when I first came up with the idea of Face West, it actually happened. Oh, this is a theme of mine, sitting with a bunch of girlfriends at um, a friend of ours house. And I think you might've not been living here at the time when the idea came up, but we were all together, our group of friends, and I came up with the idea of Face West. So I think getting your sort of trusted um, board of directors together to help you vet and refine your idea. Um, mm -hmm. And then if you're already past that point, I mean, it's hard for people to think about quitting their job to start something else, but is there a way you could go part-time while you do um, your, you know, side hustle? Do you become an independent contractor like you're helping people to do so that you have the flexibility to work on something on the side um, and network, talk to entrepreneurs because it is, it isn't for everyone. And so I think really talking to people about what it's like to run your own business is important to make sure that it is a fit. Because just because yeah. you have an idea doesn't necessarily mean that you want, to, that being an entrepreneur is a good fit for you. Or just because you're unhappy in your corporate job doesn't necessarily mean contractor life is good for you. I think you need to, to vet it and make sure it's yeah. right. So yep. I think all those things are important. Love it. Well, thank you. And final question, where oh, can yeah. we find you online? Where can we find, learn more about your food and your makeup? Oh yeah. So um, I'm on Instagram, the hostess and ketosis, um, or you can just go to my blog, hostess and ketosis and then face West. So we're on Instagram as well. So it's face West studio. You can buy products online. If you're in the San Francisco area, come see us. We'll be open in October. Um, we'll be doing all sorts of beauty services that I know people have been so desperately needed. Um, and yeah, or reach out to me through any of those ways. And I'd be happy to chat about all well, things, food, you. makeup, and hair. Wow. Oh, <laughs> such that. terrible topics. Oh boy. I bet I no know. one wants to talk to you about that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Petra, it's been amazing being here or having you here. It has been amazing being here with you today. And I appreciate I you I taking the time. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I get to see your face too. And I miss you guys. And I miss, I miss the, the San Francisco life and your recipes. By the way, I will just say before we close, one of your recipes has stuck with me the most, but long before you launched the food blog was the cauliflower mashed potatoes. Oh yeah. Which I'm making a keto oh. version of. It's coming. Oh my God. Please let me, oh, I will have to check your blog and, yeah. and like make them, maybe I'll try them for Thanksgiving. Oh my they're it's the, and that's another one. It, I, I, it became, it came from like America's test kitchen or something, which is another source of inspiration. Cause I think, yeah. you know, you don't have to come up them all yourself, but it, um, I'm making a keto version. So yum. Stay tuned. Well, good to know how timely. <laughs> all right, everybody, you can find Petra at faceweststudio.com. You can find her on Instagram with, um, at facewest, right? Studio. Yeah. At facewest studio. And her food blog, The Hostess in Ketosis. Thank you, Petra, for being here today. Thanks, and thank Holly. you, friend, for listening to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and there you have it, friends. Another episode of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. I hope you are so inspired and energized by Petra's energy and um 
tenacity to keep going and to keep creating even when times are tough. I have a ton of respect for Petra for continue, continuing to create even when things didn't go with her business the way she'd planned. I mean, who could plan this pandemic? So if you have an idea that you want to get out into the world, if you have a, a passion or a thought or an idea, just take one step today to move a little bit closer to making that a reality. Even if you don't start making money on it right away, you never know who you may be able to help or inspire. And with that, I hope we helped or inspired you today to get started on your own dream. Head over to hollynoel.com slash free and grab your free business action guide where I will take you through six steps to solidify your business idea so that you can get up and running as quickly as possible. And find us on social media. You can find Petra at Hostess in Ketosis on Instagram and online on her website. And you can find me at Holly Knoll just about everywhere. Everywhere there's a platform, Holly Knoll. So thank you so much for tuning in today. And I will chat with you hopefully online, or I will have more content to share with you on the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast coming soon. Thanks, friend. Thank you so much for joining me this week on The Everyday Entrepreneur. There are thousands of podcasts out there and you chose to be here with me. And for that, I'm truly grateful to you. Make sure to stop on my website and you can subscribe there to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd love your rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would mean the world. Finally, check out my free guides to starting a business at hollynoel.com slash free and be sure to tune in two weeks from today for my next episode. Until next time, keep taking action to build your business.